Every passionate follower of Jesus has a deep desire to share their faith with others. How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? How do we do it at a rate that can compete with population growth, a growing secular culture, and 40% of the world considered completely unreached? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. Welcome again to another exciting episode of the More Disciples podcast. I am Roger Scholl, one of the hosts here, along with my co-hosts, Doug Lucas. How do you know it's going to be exciting? Hi, Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because of the guests that we're getting to, but before we get to the guest, our other co-host is uh, Lee Wood. Hey, everybody. And John Harima. Hi, everyone. Yeah, and the reason I'm excited is because we're talking to our guest, Dory, today. She's coming... Uh, talking to us from San Francisco, California, a very hard to reach location, but God is doing a work through her. And so I'm excited just to learn from her. I actually, this is my first time meeting her, but Lee uh, has met her before. So Lee, why don't you, why don't you introduce Dory to us? Yes. So um, we know we've passed from death to life because we love one another. She's my sister, uh, my um, fellow elder, co-laborer, I believe gifted apostolically like a Junia in the Bible. And she's visited Tampa with some of her disciples uh, numerous times. So we're connecting across geography. We're connected together, um, obviously, because of Jesus from here to there. And Roger, actually, it's kind of cool because somebody that you do know is actually has moved from Memphis to San Francisco, Zach Medlock, to labor um, there um, with um, Dory as part of movement, DMM, CPM there. So um, um, she has a special place in my heart and also is laboring in the region of, I guess, San Francisco would be uh, Northwest um, as part of 2414 as well, because we've regionalized that in the United States. And so she's leading um, that same way from micro to macro as part of the 2414 Coalition for the United States. And I'm super stoked to um, um, see you, Dory. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that Zach was working with you. I knew he had just moved out to San Francisco, but I think that's awesome. So Dory, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to us? Maybe you could share just how you got involved in disciple making and church planning movements and and what what is God doing right now? So maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of your story. I started doing uh, DMM probably two years, uh, about like a little more than two years ago. Um, before that, I was actually a church planner, um, and I planted a church in UC Berkeley. Um, started out with just you know gathering college students, and then eventually evolved into a church, and you know eventually become like a couple of congregation, you know different language groups maybe, um, and. Uh, and I just feel like God is calling us to do, you know, to reach out to, you know, more people, you know, no matter how hard I try, you know, I won't be able to pack everybody in the building. Um, and, um, and, you know, I've been searching, you know, a lot about like how to multiply, uh, went to different conferences and eventually met Curtis. Um, and, uh, he, 
he came and trained us and it was just really rocked, rocked my world. You know, like he was, I actually was looking for church planning strategies and he kept talking about disciple making and that drives me nuts, you know, by, uh, but at the same time, I realized that's actually very important, you know, kind of lead me back to reading Matthew 28 that says, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm like, how did I miss that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently he didn't say like plant churches, you know, all nations, because if you start making disciples, churches will come. Well, um, I went home, prayed, and God spoke to me and says, God, and God spoke to me and he told me, uh, Dory, you've been trying to grow ministry, grow programs, grow everything. Have you ever tried growing people? And I realized, oops, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't do that. I don't know what it is. You know, I repent, show me how. And that's how I got, got started with disciple making. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Just talking with uh, Zach a little bit of actually Brett Butler, I'm sure you might be connected to. I know Zach is in San Francisco is just the, the area that you're working in is, is so difficult to reach. It's one of the least reach areas of the country. So I'd love to hear like now that you've met these people, like what, what is God doing now? Like what are you pursuing now in San Francisco? We're for sure, like, you know, making disciples um, and uh, training them to actually start a new groups, new churches uh, in different parts of the Bay. Um, you know, as much as I wanted to limit, you know, from one area to the other, another, God is basically just doing his work. You know, like I, I, I can't control it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm super excited to see, you know, that, you know, we're being we're trying to reach way beyond you know, the Bay Area, reaching out to Fresno and other places, and even like, you know, outside of California, like Georgia and even Mexico. That's another story that I need to tell later. But um, but but um, there's also something that, uh, you know, is really dear to me. Uh, God has placed uh, the Muslims in my heart. Um, in fact, there's a mosque like near where I live. Um, I've been doing prayer walking and eventually get to meet, um, you know, Muslims from different uh, regions. Um, and I've been, you know, spending time with them, reaching out to them. I've, I've been meeting up with like Turkish people, Palestinians, Yemeni people. They get to share the gospel with them um, and, you know, just, you know, do life with them. And uh, that's, you know, super exciting to see. Yeah, Dory, there's uh, there's so much inside that answer, so many different directions I could go. But I know about one of them because I saw um, a 2414 regional call um, that one of your disciples um, was on. I got, I got to watch the recording. The guy, I think his name is John, that you reached him, led him to Jesus. And there's already um, attempts at generational growth from that. So could you just tell that story of, of John and engaging him during prayer, walk, prayer walking? Can you just tell that story? Well, actually, John is not my disciple. John is actually my disciple's disciple. So um, so I, I've, I've been training Henry and Charles for about a year. Um, so they... Um, they have a heart for like, you know, the homeless people um, and, you know, like you know, people who are really in need. Um, so they, they, they're just spending time like uh, reaching out and passing out food and, you know, bread and stuff like that uh, to the homeless encampment near where they live. John was actually 
you know, I don't even know if you want to call him a homeless because he actually, he used to have like a family at home and, but, but he just wanted to move out to, you know, live, you know, in that, in that area and in his RV, he bought his RV. So they approached John and started doing like this, uh, you know, just the three thirds with that, with, with, with John. Um, and, and they did, a, they did it for a couple of weeks, you know, you know, over at the encampment. Uh, John was a little open and he even invite people to his RV and hey, come on over, read, read some word, you know, God. Um, and then one day he disappeared and Henry and Charles was so, you know, anxious to you know, kind of try to look, look, look for him. And then eventually realized that he's actually in uh, the county jail. So we ended up like helping him to look up, you know, the names and they reach out to John uh, to, to basically to visit him. John didn't know like who would, you know, be there for him because he thought, you know, maybe a sister, but no one wants to talk to him anymore in his family. So that's kind of weird. Somebody would visit me. And turns out it was just a whole bunch of strangers. In fact, Henry and Charles aren't even fluent in English. You know, sometimes John would be like, what are you saying? You know, um, but they, they kind of push forward anyway, like, you know, because I guess they're compelled by the love of Christ, you know, to do something like that, mm -hmm. different culture, different background, who cares? Right. So they actually reached out to John and John was in tears, um, you know, seeing how much, you know, God loved, loved him. He was a little angry at God during that time, but he realized God loved him because of, you know, what these people did to him. So he has been sober for, um, you know, 14 months. Um, they bailed him out. Uh, he actually moved to Fresno and had, you know, have been since, uh, you know, making disciples starting. John started his own uh, uh, church. Um, and recently, there's a little uh, turn of events recently that, you know, he, he just went back to the courts, you know, and, and uh, to kind of take, you know, try to get everything taken care of. And, um, you know, like he was actually assuming that the judge would, uh, you know, let him let him go do the house arrest. That's it. Because he has been doing house arrest anyway. But the judge actually uh, wanted him to go back to jail for 45 days. Uh, and he was devastated. But at the same time, you know, eventually realized that God is sending him. Uh, to make disciples, you know, wherever he's at, including to be in the jail. So we went and prayed for him and sent him out as a missionary. This last That's week. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Hey, Dory, it's uh, great to, it's great to meet you because I've heard a lot about you. By the way, you got a very cool webpage too. So you give that address sometime during this broadcast. But yeah, I love the way that you are modeling this in the San Francisco area. You know, we always tell people, that it works in the hardest areas in the world. And then we get to the States and people say, well, you know, it's hard here. It's hard here. And now we have a model in probably the most difficult place in the States that uh, we see the Lord moving in ways that we don't uh, understand. But can you just share a couple of the, the hurdles you had to address working in that type of the world? And, and also, is it easier working with people from other cultures or people who are found their own dependency themselves uh, here in the States? I don't I actually don't know if it's easier or harder, but for sure one of the uh, difficulties here is that you know I know like uh, with a lot of the movements that I learned from in the states, um, they're gathering people um, 
kind of, you know, like similar with similar backgrounds or maybe, uh, you know, culture or, you know, skin tone, whatever. And I'm not, I'm not sure if it's easier or maybe some, some people actually gather, uh, you know, uh, people with maybe they, they're exposed to Christianity, uh, you know, in their, in, in their lives, you know, something, something like that. Um, so here we have, uh, people from literally like, you know, all over the world, you know, like, uh, like for example, I was with Henry yesterday that, you know, I think their neighbors are from Iran. Um, and, uh, my, I have like a lot of Yemeni people here and I try to speak to them in Arabic. And the next thing I know, like I'm actually talking to, you know, a Turkish woman who doesn't speak Arabic, speak you know, Turkish. And then like, so like the way, um, you know, we gather people and do church, it's like, you know, I wish I could gather a lot more and then like send them out and do the same. But like, um, there are a lot of different cultures and background, even language groups that we need to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of consider. So I think, you know, what I need in a way, like what we need is like more person of peace, you know, to reach out to different cultures and, you know, or, or backgrounds. Okay. And what about working with true Californians? Do they, uh, are they receptive? Not at all. Like, um, well, depending on like, <laughs> depending on which area you're uh, talking about, uh, because, you know, Calif- I think Southern California is like a little more open, you know, with people that are more, more receptive to, you know, like Christianity um, here we have, um, the woke people, I guess. <laughs> and, then, um, and, um, like, you know, we gotta be culturally sensitive, you know, we gotta be careful what we say, you know, like kind of thing. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's just very, it's just very different. Like, you know, uh, people protest, uh, you know, about, uh, everything. Like I just learned yesterday, like, uh, there's a San Francisco, uh, uh, ice ice cream shop. You know, somebody was protesting. You know, you know the person is making you know Asian flavors when they're actually white, and I'm like, I protest about that. Like Thai, Thai tea ice cream. You know, what's wrong with that? You know, like. But anyway, so we have people like that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I hear you saying that, the Dory. Like someone with my sensitivities would be someone that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, I was just uh, re-listening to the podcast that we just released with Troy Cooper, who's in Southern California, and he said moving from Florida to Southern California, it was like, yeah, at least in Florida, people would say yes to Jesus. They might, you know, discipleship might be hard, but at least they'll say yes. But they were like nothing for two years, anyone saying yes to Jesus and just recently huh. having that. So if you're saying where you're at in California is harder than that, and that must be uh, uh-huh. It must be pretty pretty hard soil, but yeah, trusting that the Lord will, will do a work there. Though. I don't know if you caught it, Doug, but um, actually Dory's heart for um, for Muslims, she's actually yeah. um, learning that language to be that's able awesome. to for access. Um, that's that's, um, that's pretty cool. That's tremendous. And Dory, as, as you know, we've conversed a couple of times because of an event that you're going to uh, speak out with our org, and we're excited about that. But as I was thinking about your life, I keep thinking back here to uh, Acts chapter 11. I've got to open here my Bible, and, and it's talking about uh, Paul being uh, in Philippi. And on the Sabbath, he went out to the 
city gate that was beside the river. And for some reason, they expected to find a place of prayer there. They sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. So she must have been an effective businesswoman, as you know. And she was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And uh, uh, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And she says, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. She was evidently a great businesswoman and very persuasive. You kind of remind me of Lydia because you're sort of anchoring, you're kind of anchoring a particular part of the kingdom that we really need you to anchor. And I think that's awesome. Would you... Would you talk about for you personally what have been some of the personal hurdles you've had? And the one that I think you could start with, didn't you have to like decide what to do with your building when you were working with a church? I can't remember if you told me once, didn't you tell me that you just sort of, in a way you gave it away and you kind of started this whole thing over from scratch? Um, oh yeah, that was hard. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, we uh, we actually started a church uh, some uh, well, now it was more than seven years ago, probably eight years ago. Um, and uh, we started out from, you know, just gathering people, you know, on college campus and eventually evolved into, you know, like, you know, we basically rent a place um, near campus. Um, and God has been good to us. But I always, I always uh, know that that place is temporary. I just didn't mm-hmm. know, like, what's next? You know, maybe we'll move into a bigger place. Maybe we'll buy, you know, a place for millions of dollars or something. But, um, um, it, when, you know, the, by, by the time when I get to meet Curtis, uh, I was like really, you know, struggling because what he offered, you know, it's just quite great, you know, making disciples, disciples, making disciples, not all on one person, not all on me anymore. But at the same time, uh, what it means is, you know, that I have, you know, everything would be different. Like we would, I, I'm not even sure if we should continue to, you know, run that space and kind of what to do with it. Um, so um, after Curtis's visit, um, I gathered, uh, you know, all the leaders, we prayed and we basically have to refine our uh, vision, you know, from the beginning. And what we conclude is that we need to focus on, you know, making disciples until all nations worship. We need to focus on missional living, gathering and scattering uh, and healthy multiplication, intentional disciple making. Intentional, not only just making disciples, but a lot of people are claiming to make disciples, but they're like, yeah, it's going to take forever. You know, it's going to take a lifetime, you know. True. But we need to intentionally help them to be disciple makers. That's a different story. That's what we were focusing on. And because of that, we decided that, hey, do we need this building anymore in that case? If we're going to decentralize, maybe not. It took me a year to, you know, slowly um, deliver this message, you know, through different, you know, like maybe the pulpit, you know, talking to people, meeting uh, in fellowship. Um, and thought I thought it went well, you know, tried to infuse the three-thirds idea to the groups. But eventually, a lot of leaders, um, they didn't really, like, tell me that they didn't want to do it. But it's basically, like, they just didn't want to do it. We didn't sign up for this, right? You know, we signed up for whatever, you know, the church, that you know, the way we've been doing it, the attractional model, um, gathering people, big worship, you know. Do we have a smoke machine? Maybe we do. Um <laughs> 
slowly and slowly, you know, people started to, to leave. Um, and we were in the transition time. I know it is good, but at the same time, I know these people are leaving and like, Lord, you know, like you promised something good, you know, but I, what I'm seeing is like people leaving and what I'm seeing in the future is unknown. You know, that's not cool. You know, God, what are you doing? But I think, you know, what God is like, what God is doing in me is like, Dory, are you building your own kingdom or are you talking about my kingdom? Because if it's my kingdom, let me do it my way. And uh, that was hard to, you know, to really, you know, seeing people leave. Uh, and I still, I still think it's worth it, you know, that we're, we're able to walk out of that place and start over from scratch, you know, you know because most so people I, are. I think going back to, we'll go back to Roger, but I, I think during some of that time is where we got to walk with other, with one another a little bit, Dory, like was during that transition where, um, <laughs> I was getting, I was getting phone calls, you know, and other people. So we need one another, right? Mm-hmm. Like San Francisco's far from Tampa and it's far from Indy and it's far from Memphis and it's far from, <laughs> met, met from, from, from Curtis, but we need nobody's alone. This is why this part is yeah. important. We yeah. need one another. No yeah. one's got all of it together. So right. we need you. We thank you for your courage, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we're sharpened by your obedience to our King Jesus. So very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah it was during that time, you know, that, uh, yes, we're moving out from that place. We're going, we're getting into the unknown, but Lee, you know, tell me, what is it going to be like? Where's the promised land? What does it look like? Describe to me. I need to see it to believe it. But Lee was like, don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. You'll get better at it. I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think uh, what you're talking about, I mean, just in our previous podcast, we had a similar story of, uh, from Nick Toomey uh, talking to us about how he, he had his church that he started and kind of difficulty of, of needing to leave that to pursue a decentralized uh, disciple-making movement. And even uh, Neil Karsten talking to us about counting the costs of this, but, but it being worth it. And so I, I think what you're talking about is something that probably a lot of people pursuing movements can relate to and even it will be helpful as uh, people think through starting to pursue movements just to kind of how to be prepared for what um, God's going to do and maybe even some pruning as well. But mm-hmm. uh, well, I want to go back to something that you were talking about earlier. I likely said, you, you know, you say things and they can go a million different directions because I have so many questions because you're saying so many good things. I want to go back to you saying you're reaching out to all these different people. So you said Yemenis, Turkish, I don't even remember all of them. Like with trying to pursue movements amongst all these different peoples, like have you had to adapt anything towards that? I know contextualization is talked about a lot, but um, yeah, I don't, like how have you done that? Or is it like, no, you just keep on doing the same thing and it, it works uh, just because the principles are from the word? Like how have you, how have you, uh, yeah, walk that out in these different cultures and different uh, environments? Well, I still do the prayer walking um, and I still, you know, I, you know, I, I look for the person of peace, you know, and that is the same, uh, but uh, I'm a lot more intentional to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, look at the map, you know, learn from like, you know, websites and then even like going into the neighborhoods where they're at, like try to basically like know where these people hang out. 
uh, I have to wish, you know, to like shop at different places. I used to shop at the big box stores and now I, I'm, lo- I'm intentionally looking for like neighborhood groceries, you know, ethnic groceries, if you will. I don't like to use that word, but you know what I mean? And to, you know, just shop there and start re- like, for example, there is a, a Hispanic grocery near me about like, um, a, a, you know, a minute or two, you know, from, from our, from my home. I thought I was going to go there to practice my Spanish, I guess, you know, but uh, which is really bad. Uh, but it, it turns out like I heard Arabic and, and I realized that basically the owner is a Yemeni guy and, uh, Basic, everybody works there, you know, Yemeni people. That's how I learned, you know, and eventually that's how I get connected with people. So the basic principles are the same, but, you know, you got to have to do something extra in order like, to intentionally look for them. Uh, they, they won't just come to your door. Right. And you, and you said you're learning Arabic for the sake of reaching out to these people and Spanish. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I, you know, learned Spanish, you know, growing up by... In, never really clicked. So I thought I was going to do that. And it turns out, you know, I need to learn Arabic as well. So. (laughs) Hey, Dory, in in your process of uh, going through this journey and you mentioned that he kept on telling you to keep doing it because you'll get better at it. At what point did you realize that, Hey, you know what, this is actually working. This is the Lord's plan for my life. And you knew it was a go. When, when I see my disciples actually making disciples, or at least trying when, when, when their vision, it's from God and not from me anymore. Because I've been leading mm-hmm. the church and realizing, you know, that whatever the vision that I've given to, to, to them, or may, maybe I thought it was a we vision and turns out it was like a Dory vision, you know, kind of, you know, forced into other people. You can only go so far with that. Right. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, we got it. We got it. Let's go. But you'll drag people along to be tired. But if their vision is actually from God, they don't need me anymore. And I and I just love the fact that they actually don't need me anymore. Wow. You know, what That's strikes awesome. me about you, Dory, is that even though you are in the process of uh, building this this, uh, these generations. And so it's clear that you are working with like first generation people who are already at work, starting other stuff. What strikes me about you is you keep doing prayer walking and I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but can you just kind of describe what, what your daily schedule is like? And I, again, I'm not trying to embarrass you. So right now you have permission uh, to just be yourself and say, what is a daily typical schedule like for you? And I'm particularly interested in hearing about your prayer walking because if I remember, it's really strong. Um, I uh, I get up in the morning to pray for two hours, uh, just al- being, you know, alone with God. And then sometimes I'll, you know, uh, call people and, you know, have a couple of meetings. And um, then I go out to do prayer walking. I try to do it every day. Uh. Sometimes, you know, with uh, some of my disciples um, and uh, we'll, you know, walk the neighborhood. Um, and, and because I'm intentionally reaching out to the Muslims, I, I, I would focus on, you know, walking, you know, their neighborhoods. And usually, you know, in the evening, I, I pretty much have a group every night. So, so usually online, sometimes, you know, uh, I have to be there. Actually, I prefer to be in person. So every, you know, because most people will actually work during the day. Um, so our, mm-hmm. our gatherings, our simple churches are usually in the evenings. Wow. It's a pretty strong schedule. 
Dory. And I think probably part of what you're seeing in results is a result of that. Uh, Lee has told us a lot about some of the people that you're working with. And uh, he uh, has told us about, uh, in particular, a young girl named Amber. Do you mind? Can you tell us something about Amber? Amber, Am, Am, even though Amber is really, you know, different from me, you know, I, I see a lot of, you know, good qualities. She is just a, she's just a goer, you know, she, and uh, she's obedient. She's younger, of course, and, you know, ho- hopefully God will use her greatly in the future. But actually she's already like uh, doing a, a, a lot, you know, with her own disciples, casting vision, um, you know, to them. And, um, and, and I think a couple of her disciples are reaching out to their coworkers, you know, that are, you know, at different cultures, uh, in Indians, uh, uh, Nepalese, you know, so it's just really excited to see. Um, and, um, yeah, she, she, she actually came from, uh, a legacy church and really struggled because she felt the call of God, uh, but I guess, you know, the church, uh, you know, it's basically just wait, just wait, you know, and sometimes honestly, you know, I don't want to get into the, this, uh, gender topic too much, but sometimes when a woman, when a woman felt called, they're like, people are like, okay, what are you going to do? You know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe God is calling you to children ministry, you know, we'll see if we so she's really struggling, you know, when, when she felt God's called and didn't know where to fit into that, you know, in the, the couple positions that they have. So by the time when she realized she could, she can just be free and let God call her, you know, to, to do whatever God is calling her to do. Uh, I'm just seeing, you know, a person grow, you know, into the likeness of Christ and, you know, she's just blossom. So that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, how you've been with her. Yeah, I think about uh, uh, Paul saying in uh, Philippians 4, like, to greet Yodia and Syntyche. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce it. But he was like, these women are fellow workers with me in the truth. And so definitely appreciate that. I think it's true. I think, um, like, I've even, you know, heard even guys, you know, uh, saying we want to go into ministry, like, oh, you want to be a pastor? And they're like, well, no, I don't really want to be a, a pastor. Like, oh, you want to be a worship leader then? And it's like there's there is somewhat sometimes like a, a little bit of a, a limiting factor in the way we can think. But but just it's so freeing when we see Jesus says like, hey, everyone can go make disciples. And it's really awesome to hear how Amber was doing that. Um, but before before time runs out, I want to ask something you said. Oh, I'll tell this story. Tell the story later. And immediately I was like, it must be good. You said that your church. <laughs> has jumped to different places like uh, Georgia, I think he said, and some other places. But he said it jumped to Mexico, just the multiplication. And he said, oh, I got to tell that story later. I want to hear that story. How did, <laughs> what happened? How did, the, how did the fruit jump from where you're at all the way, all the way to Mexico? That's awesome. So um, I think uh, big, big life, right? Big life. Um, they, they, they actually encouraged me to help out in one of the, uh, the trainings, like online training during the pandemic. Uh, and, uh, they, they basically had, uh, a winter jam, uh, list of people, you know, the, the, the people who attended winter jam, uh, and, uh, and they, we get, we get a chance to disciple them for a day. And I, and I did that for two times. 
On the second time, I found uh, a woman uh, in Georgia and another woman in uh, North Carolina. So I did the trainings, of, you know, like uh, my story, God's story, that kind of thing. Um, and I invited them, hey, would you like to continue to do this? You know, this discipleship training. Um, and they said, of course, you know. So we, we started doing uh, on a, a disciple training on a regular basis, you know, every week. Uh, and one of, one of the ladies are actually, you know, she's Mexican. She's from Georgia. She's from Mexico, but then eventually moved to Georgia. And, uh, she just started, you know, like reaching out to all her friends and sharing and training others. Uh, she started a couple groups, one in, um, I guess North, not one in New Jersey, one in Illinois. And then she was like, wow, this is actually working. Let me actually go uh, share with my family too. So she traveled uh, back to Mexico last last year and she shared the gospel with her family and they came to Christ. Um, and recently she felt God's call to go back to Mexico just to uh, baptize her family. Wow. Wow. Uh, and I was like, whoa, that's really cool. I want to be there. So I wanted to, you know, uh, kind of join her. And she was, I know she's a little, hes- you know, hesitating because, you know, she wasn't sure if it's safe for, for me or, you know, others who, are, who look a little like foreign, you know, to go to go there where she's at, which, uh, where she's at is, is quite, uh, you know, a dangerous place. Uh, and I talked to Lee and Lee was like, well, you know, just wait. I don't like to hear the word wait. I like to hear the word go. And when he says wait, you know, I think he really, he really, he really mean it, you know, like, and uh, it was God was speaking to me, Dory, you would get to go. But for now, wait and let people, you know, kind of respond to God's call, you know, and set them free. But sometimes, you know, you're, you can hinder, you know, when you're there. Um, yeah, you can hinder the work of God. But anyway. I just want you to think about that. So that San Francisco crossing over geographical, organizational, in a virtual space, obedience to other states and other nations, just with one another. Like it's a beautiful picture. And um, Jesus gives the increase. And one thing I really like about Dory, she's doing it, but I'll quote the Bible verse that the communication of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. That's what she's modeling. That's what she's passing on. And Jesus gives the increase. Amen. It's awesome. Amen. It's awesome. Thanks for that story about the training uh, online during COVID because, uh, you know, people are always looking for excuses not to do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was, that was a big one. So it's exciting to hear results when you continue to uh, persevere. So for somebody listening to this podcast right now, they're trying to figure out what's my first step. What would you tell them to do? Good question. To make a disciple. Yeah. To, to just, just obey, go out and share. So looking for that person of peace, like, um, you know, like I, I guess some, some of the people who are listening, uh, you know, might be, you know, in the same background or, you know, had the same similar experience as I do, you know, probably half like, you know, uh, a church that we need to care for, congregation, the people that we need to look after, and they might not think the same way. Um, so how do we uh, change people's mind, you know, like, uh, and turn the big ship in a different direction? 
I wish I can do that. I didn't, I, but I didn't start with that. I actually started with uh, a few of the people who are actually willing. And there's all, this is always the way to, to actually start a movement, right? To really find the faithful few uh, and, and uh, to really, you know, change the world. That's what Jesus did. That's what we should do. Amen. Cool. Awesome. I think uh, when we had Austin and Lindsay Wilson on the podcast and, and we asked a similar question, Lindsay may had almost the same exact comment. She was like, what was the first step? Just do it. Just go do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. Well, hey, that, um, man, I, I, I told you this would be an exciting podcast and it was. Right. I heard about You're multi-ethnic right. uh <laughs> sharing and just passionately prayer walking and, and uh, hearing even going from just what you've always known and even making the step of faith and, and the perseverance needed in that. And even in an environment that's extremely hard soil in the United States, you know, it's supposed to be a Christian country, but there's definitely a lot of pockets that's uh, very much not the case. Um, so Dory, thank you so much. It was good to meet you and good to have you on the podcast. This was, this was really good to learn from you. Thanks Dory. Love you. Very cool. Appreciate the time. Thank you. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com slash contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples. 